Hello and welcome to the brand new Bamboo Business Breakouts podcast hosted by us at Bamboo Technology Group. We at Bamboo work with our business clients to make sure they have the right comms and IT in place and that they're getting the best from it. That means focusing on the future as well as the here and now. As such, we provide connectivity, IoT, data and IT managed solutions, all with the compliance and risk management wrap. So why don't you grab a coffee or a tea, whatever it is that takes your fancy and listen as we talk business. To kick off this podcast, we thought we would dive right in to discuss an important topic at the minute, and that is the COVID-19 pandemic. However, we will be discussing how we have communicated as a business during the initial and continued madness of the pandemic, as well as communication techniques for blended working. Talking today about the subject will be our MD, Lauren White, and me. So let's get stuck in. My name is Ellen and I'm part of the marketing department here at Bamboo and I am sat here today with Lauren and I'm the managing director of uh, Bamboo Technology Group. Cool. Uh, So today we are hoping to talk about our communication through lockdown. So our communication, I think, with our staff and externally, is that right? Yeah, that's right. I thought we'd um, it would just be really helpful to share a little bit about the uh, the ways that we've um, had to communicate slightly differently um, and actually there's some similarities here and there so I think not every business does everything in the same way and we've had a generally a really good experience so we just wanted to share a little bit more about that. Um, so I guess we'll we'll start off maybe by asking how how we as bamboo communicated differently over the last few months. Or have we, I guess, is, is the question. Um, well, yeah, we certainly have. But I think it, is, it, it has changed um, a, f- a few times over the last few months because we've been going through slightly different um, phases, I suppose is the right way of putting it. But maybe if I start at the beginning, um, that, that and we'll kind of run through the phases and, and hopefully that will kind of give a bit more information. And I suppose it feels like a long time ago now. I don't know about you, but... When we think back to March, um, it it feels so long ago that we were thrown into this situation. Yeah, well, uh, we're sort of near the August at the minute, so yeah, definitely five months on, aren't we? So yeah, <laughs> five half months a year. on. Yeah, yeah, and I think some people would say a lot has changed, and now there'll be some businesses that say not much has changed. But I think it's if I go back to probably one of the first things that we did it was kind of sitting down and understanding actually first of all how do we measure the impact of what is potentially going to happen to the business and whilst that doesn't you know that doesn't kind of normally sit in a communication space um, doing a bit of an impact assessment inside the business to know when we would have to make the change in fact we as you know made it much sooner than many other businesses did and certainly before the government announcement we went to home working quite quickly but I think you, you do all of that and sometimes the communication plan that follows is is one of the last things that gets considered. And I think I'm quite happy to, to, to tell people that that was, that was the same for us. So um, the operational aspect of the business was covered. Um, but at, when it got down to the, oh, crikey, um, and actually now we need to advise customers and staff and c- 
communicate with them on a regular basis and how are we going to do that yeah. it was a, a kind of okay let's deal with it on the spot I think so, what, what was quite interesting about what we did from from my perspective anyway was we we did sit down relatively early on maybe a few weeks into it not necessarily as an afterthought but just we hadn't got there yet because everything was so uncertain and so we as the marketing team sat down with the operational team and start I think well you guys had had fielded out all the different scenarios so if we stayed working from home if we if we were able to go back into the office if lockdown you know how the different restrictions would have worked we sort of played out what would need to happen from from most elements of the business which meant that you know marketing wise external communication we sort of had a rough idea of where we would need to go with things if things happened yeah yeah that's right so we yeah we definitely knew what sort of communication we would have to go out with or what the, the kind of um, content would have to be depending on those different scenarios that was quite planned I think it was the medium of communication was the bit that we hadn't really kind of thought through fully um, and but you learn quite quickly in a situation like this that actually it, it is about um, st- it's still about being seen um, and it's about personal messaging so th- so that was the real that was the real kind of probably change so we going from being uh, marketing and corporate branding led to making sure that we put our human element forward which i know is 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 actually part of our branding anyway we kind of we we try and push that human meets digital piece yeah. but this this was the real show of whether or not we could so communications wise it was it was about creating something that was personal and you know i felt um quite uncomfortable to start with um writing that communication that particularly the first one to external customers that i knew it was going to be something that was from me um but i also knew that it had to have the right tone it had to be sympathetic it had to be um it had to show that we were very much in control of what we were doing we were here as a safe pair of hands and that's quite a hard message to put across when actually all you want to do is writing an email we're here we're here yeah um, yeah because you don't want to brag or say oh you know we're fortunate enough to still be still be yeah. functioning but that was our situation but that wasn't everyone else's so yeah no that's right yeah and, and that that element of empathy is um it's not always the easiest thing to get across but after the first communication i you know we got some we got some nice feedback I think it, it was quite that was reassuring from my perspective that we were doing the right thing. Um, so that's that's how that continued throughout um, up until we sort of approaching um, the lifting of some of the restrictions and that communication has now slowed down because obviously the difficulty is is that it, it can feel like these are marketing messages that you're sending out and the last thing we want is for our customers to think that me sending them an email with links to this that and everything that's helpful yeah. is actually us pushing a marketing message because that wasn't what it's about so there comes a point at which you have to take the you have to take the focus off of that um but it doesn't mean that I won't continue to do some personal communications it just means that they won't be as regular so what were the, I mean what was in those communications I mean we're, we're sort of just talking quite loosely here about you know we sent communications to people and tried not to brag but what what was the type of thing that we sent people Um, like what came from you specifically 
Yeah, well, I think I think the first I say the first one is probably the most memorable because of how it made me feel putting it together. Um, and what what we tried to do, I say we, it wasn't we. It's what I tried to do um, was reassure people by um, letting them know that we'd done um, an impact assessment, letting them know that we we were operational. Um, but I suppose putting our putting our hands out really to to say we're here to help you. So um, you know, I, I remember the recession. 2008 and many businesses suffered quite quickly and this this was certainly panning out to be something similar um, and we recognize that from the previous scenario that's the, so that's the ops board team because obviously we had plenty of discussions um, around what we were and weren't going to do we we knew that there'd be some businesses out there that would take the immediate decision to um, start cutting costs and cancelling direct debits and all all those things that of course any business that is even slightly in distress or concerned about their future would start looking at it's all about cash flow yeah because it's yeah it's Um, not just you know pandemic specific is it really is no no it's it's a yeah business in potential distress so yeah they have to start making those calls so really that that first email was about saying look, look you don't need to do that we're you know we're we're a business that like to do business and that means that it has to work for both parties it isn't about us just making profit it's about helping helping you you know and uh, and your staff and actually your staff's family because I think that's the other thing is that we never really get to say that as particularly as MDs you don't get to talk about the fact that you know that we know that the service we provide to our customers is um, an essential part of running a business and as a result of that, there are people employed by that business. And those people who are employed by that business have families who are dependent on that income. Yeah, they're human. Yeah, exactly. So it's trying to make sure that you, I found, I wanted to make sure that we had that kind of relationship and the link between what we were saying, which was, yes, we are here, but also we want to help you. So, you know, please pick pick the phone up and talk to us if you're considering um, your costs or you're feeling in distress or um, it was really just we would like to be that helping hand and and ultimately from a from a strategic perspective and many, many business leaders would say the same that it you know in the reality of the situation is is that we also want to protect our own staff and their families and keep our business running and to do that you you know you have to make sure that you're doing all the right things all the time and keeping existing customers happy is far more cost efficient than trying to find new ones yeah okay so we we've kept the customers happy we we care about them and i'm not just saying this um i can't think of the word i'm not just saying this like in a in a matter of fact sort of thing but we we do we 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 showed that we demonstrated that we made sure we communicated with them but i guess what came next it's been so long now so did we how were things different for the team, the internal team? Well, I think they're probably sick to death of hearing my voice um, by now. Uh, so that, that's probably one change. So we we went from having, uh, you know, we would get our, our quarterly company meetings as long as there was something to say. We'd kind of pull everybody together in the room and ask everybody to turn up for it. 
And we put, I suppose we probably did our company meetings slightly differently to a lot of other businesses. So I, you, you know how it was. I typically kind of run it as a quiz, um, really, which I, I felt was the best way for our team to learn about what we were doing as a business is, you know, they get people get lots of information fed to them over a period of time in the business by email, by managers, etc. But do they really take it in? Well, the only way of knowing if they take it in or not is actually to to test them on it. So, you know, a quiz with a little bit of a light-hearted twist and some general knowledge and a little bit of you know ribbing of some staff who we knew were comfortable to have that um, created a, a humorous. Um, energetic and fun environment what this brought was actually the complete opposite so how do you communicate with all of your team all at once when they're all in different locations Um, well as I said that the kind of first thing was well we need to update and make sure everybody knows what's going on so there's a lot of email communication making sure that all the staff knew actually what we were sending to customers but also what what were the measures that we were taking as a business to stay on top of everything. So that was really just about um, feeding information. Um, but it became quite apparent quite quickly that actually those touch points of um, face-to-face interactions, be it, albeit over video call, were what people really wanted. So that need to feel part of a team has never gone away. Um, so I think some people, well, myself included, have, have completely felt the benefits of being able to work from home and it's more efficient, it's more time, or you know, less cost, all of that good stuff. Um, but there's still very much a need for that regular face-to-face interaction. interaction. Yeah, it's really important. So you know, now we're we're working to weekly company meetings over Teams. Um, it, it's not compulsory it's optional um, unless there's a a clear message to be delivered and record those sessions and and email them out for those people who missed it or if there's something that everybody needs to know about it's completely different but we i feel that people are still engaged we've tried to test that with our engagement surveys and we're looking at participant levels every week um generally getting a kind of sense for how people are feeling. Um, we've asked them regularly whether or not that's what people still want, and they do. So, yeah, I mean, it's very different, but it doesn't, it, it seems to work just as well. But if you ask me, am I sure that that's going to work forever? Mm, I've got my doubts. Yeah. But how do you, I mean, but how do you find it as a, as a member of the team what what's your view of it i think you, you do naturally miss that you know the the community sort of spirit <laughs> it's probably the weirdest yeah. way of putting it but i like being in the office and seeing people you like you you'll have a laugh you'll make jokes you'll see each other in the kitchen and make a cup of tea and sometimes i think it works both ways you get more time at home working from home you haven't got that distraction there. So you, if you've got big projects on things, I found it so much easier to sit down and focus on them and, and sort of rattle it off almost. Um, and sort of the more flexibility to pick it up when I when I want to, or I can go sit upstairs in the sofa to have a break from it all for a bit and then go back down. Yeah. But then 
yeah, on the flip side, you might miss things that you would have got being in the office. You know, if you, if you do stop to have that um, conversation with someone in the kitchen, it starts off being about how was your weekend, but then you might start talking about an issue you've had with a customer and you're able to sort of talk it through there and then. It's just that natural conversation side of things. But I think it works both ways. I think, you know, looking to the future of we're talking about blended working yeah that's i think well for, for me personally i'm speaking purely on myself that would work well I yeah think. and do, so do you think that the business has got the ability to maintain the same type of culture that we've always had because those things that you've just said you know that that kind of that chat in the kitchen i think it, you know most people refer to that as the kind of the water pool of conversations yeah. you know that that actually those things form part of culture because we're not business that micromanage we're but we're very kind of outcomes based um so people you know you come in you do your job and you're free to do it in whichever way works for you as long as the job's done it's okay do you think that that's something that we as business leaders need to think about is that kind of long term the the culture and the values and how they're retained in a blended working yeah yeah i think so i think because that 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 is the human element that's the bit that's important and it's not to say that you can't have that working from home and being online or working remotely or however it is you just have to make a very conscious effort to do it so you might have i mean i've done it a few times where we've set up uh 10 minute tea breaks with people that i would normally talk to in the office um, yeah. the difference is they just don't happen as often and you really have to sort of pin those people down because now now you're at home you, you're kind of constantly working you don't you don't see when someone's got free time you find when someone's got free time yeah and uh, so that that's that's quite an interesting point for me so whenever I think about those communications for the business as a whole that is actually how I'm thinking about it which is the business as a whole do do you think that there's a responsibility on on us to think about those individual relationships and interactions or do you think that that's something that you as members of a team will kind of hold yourselves responsible for I think it's a bit of both because I think I mean I might be wrong here but the the higher ups would you know give you the space and encourage that to happen but ultimately whether you make that happen is down to the individuals yeah 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 and I think that's one of those that's always a challenge for for business leaders it's to know how everybody is feeling all of the time um, and be able to adapt what the business is doing to accommodate how everybody's feeling all the time is well it's impossible um, but it doesn't mean that we don't try and address it um, but it, it's a, just a huge challenge and I suppose it's maybe that maybe that's really what the blended working will become about is actually owning your own um own your own development own your own environment yeah manage your own space and your own way of working um rather than actually probably what has historically been something that's been expected of your your employer will um not manage it necessarily but control the progress or the delivery of that maybe now there's a joint ownership that has to take place i mean i think for like bamboo specifically knowing that when things do start to return to normal as it were we've got those extra days working from home 
you sort of know that you you now have more of a decision almost like that and the fact that we've we've tested so long working from home because of the lockdown you know now that if you do have certain things or tasks that you do in your day that you find you get done much better at home that going forward you can be in the office for 90 percent of the time but when you have that that particular thing that needs to be done you ask or you just say even i'm yeah. going home this afternoon i'll pick up with you later yeah and well uh, yeah and that's a, a really important point because that's and, and again this has been a conversation i've heard on quite a few sort of presentations and panels recently is about that um it's almost the the element of trust is has had to be addressed so you know it, it's very victorian for everybody to have to come into the office and do nine to five thirty or whatever the hours are yeah. um and it and that trust of somebody being able to do their job has almost been set aside for uh, the senior management and and it's kind of a something you earn over a period of time you, and you become allowed to have some flexible working um, and it's by virtue of the privilege of you know being at that senior level yeah and it and it's almost you are trusted um, by that very fact of your status in the business that you will work from home properly. And that has just been completely turned on its head. And the trust now is probably two-way. Yeah, it's interesting because so, I've, I've, you kind of... If, if you go down the traditional route of getting to a job, and I'm talking very traditional, you know, you finish school, that's structured yeah. nine till three or whenever it is. Then you go to university and it's you are taught to take everything upon yourself, manage your own time be in charge of yourself, make sure you hit your deadlines, but you do it your way as long as you hit your deadlines. And then yeah. you go back into a working environment where suddenly yeah. you're thrown back into that secondary school structure yeah. and <laughs> you sort of like, yeah, back and forth a bit. Yeah, but being being told that's the way that it has to be done rather than actually somebody accepting that you're you're an adult and you can make that choice and actually you are responsible for the outcome of you know what you put in yeah yeah I, I think that that is quite an interesting I, I I will be um interested to see how that plays out over the next 12 12 to 24 months but I think a lot of that will also you'll see some challenges I, th I think personally some challenges around how employers feel that they should manage staff from a distance yeah so I, I suppose this is about communication and performance management and and how that might be for the future and, and I think that there are certainly some challenges coming that that way but do you know what that might, that might actually deliver the, the people who perhaps haven't had the chance to stand out in a business yeah will get their get their exactly. opportunity yeah. just purely by virtue of the fact that they do an excellent job and just because they might be the quietest one in the office and not be seen that might change if everybody is working from a home environment and businesses move to kind of more outcomes based performance measures and I suppose how they track it and what platforms people use will be will also be an interesting thing to watch yeah see which way it goes yeah that's I mean just getting back to the the, the main point of this this episode um 
about the communication through through covid and how how we've gone about doing it do you see communication techniques um or platforms that we've been using and things do you reckon it's they're changing for good that's a permanent change the way the way that we communicate or um i guess how, how is how has it changed more importantly yeah well, well certainly throughout lockdown i think um, from from my perspective, and uh, well, us as a as a marketing team, we've been um, very very dependent on digital platforms, um, and and for us in particular, LinkedIn and and Twitter are our kind of primary uh, marketing channels, I suppose. At, at this point, will there be different communications platforms i i think it'd be really interesting i mean the, the fact that we're sat here doing a podcast um which i know is something you had on your list for for a long time <laughs> yep. um but it's, it's taken this long uh for for us as business leaders to recognize that actually we need to go that way um i think there'll be some other stuff coming down the line i don't know what it is um but that you know in the same way that that facebook and um and Twitter and Instagram have all been kind of revelations in communication tools. I'm I'm sure that there will be more of that to come. I can't see things staying as they are right now forever. And I think those of us who are kind of over the age of 25 um, are going to have to learn pretty quickly how to adapt um, to, to different ways of communicating and actually, you know, get used to having our faces on a screen and um, maybe coaching um, our teams in different ways. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I think maybe not so much face-to-face, some sales meetings, presentations, all of that. We've, it's been demonstrated the last few months. You don't need to be in a room with someone for that, although there obviously are uh, additional benefits to being in the room with each other. But I think it's, yeah, things will definitely change. There will be new platforms. We're developing new platforms ourselves for compliance and all sorts of things. So, yeah, I suppose my, that's a very long answer (laughs) to say, no, I don't think it's going to stay the same. Yes, I think it's going to change, but I'm not sure I could predict how. Okay. So I guess, I mean, to summarise, you know, we've, we've, had to adapt to communicate differently we've been direct and in touch with our customers well you have anyway you know you've put you yeah. you as the managing director have personally communicated with our customers as well as our internal teams and, and you know the, the adaptions that everyone has had to make they might stick around by the sounds of things just because it, it seems to be working yeah um, yeah yeah so what what would be as an as a managing director um of a company that was able to keep running throughout covid what would be your number one piece of communications advice to business leaders okay um that's a big question um let me think okay yes so communications um for all business i think is an area where as business leaders, we are constantly criticised for not doing enough of it. So any engagement survey or any Q&A you have uh, with teams in your business, there is always an underlying thread of um, not being communicated 
to enough or I don't get told what's going on in the business or uh, yeah I don't hear from my uh, senior team often enough or whatever it might be that's always a strand of um, frustration I think for for staff so I think really off the back of everything that's happened my primary bit of advice would be I don't think you can communicate enough so don't be frightened yeah. to do it too much. Too yeah. much isn't a thing. Yeah, that's it. Too much is too much is not a thing. Um, and you know what? I think you're always in a position whereby, if it is a bit too full on for your, you know, external customers or your supply chain or whatever it might be, far better to be in a position where you apologise and pull it back yeah. than to have to apologise for not. For delivering the dark, yeah. yeah and I th- that goes the same for internal and external yeah cool wow I, I suppose like I could swing that question back at you is is you know from what you've experienced as a member of the team what would be your advice to business leaders your number one bit of advice I think just stay accessible if, okay if a leader if you're a leader of of your business like you and some of the other directors have done you've made it very clear that you're there if if needs be just because we're not in the office and not seeing your face doesn't mean you've gone so yeah just yeah knowing and and then actually being accessible so because it's all well and good saying you can ask me anything whenever you want but if you don't then respond then that's not really setting out the right message but I've had questions I've had to ask big and small like you know things about either arranging um my my appraisal to oh can you quickly answer this this really quick question about does this color look nice <laughs> it's uh-huh. um for anything from big to small I've been able to get a response so just yeah knowing that you mean it when you say it <laughs> yeah yeah well that yeah do if you do what you say you're gonna do yeah yeah okay wow thank you it's been good yeah thank you very much it was nice to um nice to share some of that that's been us we've covered some very interesting topics there but as this is our very first podcast we'd love to hear from you if you have any feedback about what you've heard today then send in a little email to hello at bamboo.tech we'd love to hear from you other than that we'll catch you next time thanks guys <laughs>